In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, in the gospel lesson, we see two things take place for the last time before Jesus' suffering and death. And we see Jesus predict his death for the third and the final time to his disciples. And we also see in the gospel lesson, Jesus performed the last miracle for a human being before he is delivered over to the hands of men to be crucified. Now, if you, you're paying attention in the church here, this Sunday is the last Sunday before Lent, before Lent begins. And I would argue that this is the best text for this Sunday. And I want to show you that by going through the gospel lesson verse by verse. As Jesus and his disciples were walking, Jesus says to them, he says these words, says, see, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written about the son of man by the prophets will be accomplished. That is fulfilled for he, that is, I will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. Like I said before, this is the third and the last time Jesus said this to his disciples. And how do they respond after hearing it three times already? Knowing the scriptures, knowing all these things, how do they respond? It says they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them and they did not grasp it. And they did not grasp what was said. It's not that they didn't understand the words or the, what, what Jesus was actually saying. They didn't understand what they meant. They saw absolutely no reason or benefit for Jesus going to the cross and dying. There was no purpose in that. There was no, there was no need to even hear about that. Now, after this conversation took place, while they're still walking on their way to Jerusalem, keep in mind that this is happening a few days before the final week of Jesus' life. They're walking on their way to Jerusalem, and a blind beggar is sitting on the side of the road, and he's crying out. And in Matthew's gospel, it says that there are two of them, uh, but Luke is focusing on the one. Mark tells us the name. The gospel of Mark tells us the name of this man. It's Bartimaeus. And it adds the name of his father, the son, his name is Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Now, when the Bible does this, it usually means that these are pretty significant or well-known people if they have their names recorded in the scriptures. Now, we don't know this for sure, but we think that Timaeus, the father, was a very wealthy man. And that Bartimaeus, his son, was very powerful and wealthy, too. However, because of some disease or accident, something caused him to go blind. And because of that, he lost everything. He couldn't work. He couldn't be uh, around his family. He was a beggar at that point. He lost it all. So this once great man now sits blind and as a beggar on the side of the road. 
Now, as Bartimaeus begs, he hears a crowd walking by. And now before anything else, I can tell you that the majority of the crowd uh, were only following Jesus because of the miracles and not really because they wanted mercy or forgiveness. And I know this because about a week later, when Jesus is giving them that mercy and forgiveness, they're nowhere to be found. They're not, those crowds are not there at the cross too. Well, Bartimaeus asks uh, what's going on because he can't see anything. And they say, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And then Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So do you see this? The, the crowd says, Jesus of Nazareth, and he says, Jesus, son of David. The crowd say where he is from, and Bartimaeus says who he is. The son of David. And it is remarkable. Because when Bartimaeus calls Jesus the son of David, he's making a profound profession of faith. He's confessing that Jesus is the Savior who was promised at the fall, that he is the son of David who will then rule and save the world, that he is the Messiah who would accomplish everything that the prophets said long ago about the Son of Man. And I want you to make note of something here, that the crowd follows Jesus for a sign or a miracle or a wonder, but not Bartimaeus. Uh, Keep in mind, he didn't ask for a position of glory like the disciples did, to sit at Jesus' right or left hand in the kingdom. He didn't ask for a sign or a wonder like the Gentiles did, or even healing. He didn't even ask for that. He simply asked for mercy. And he left it up to Jesus as to how and when he would show that mercy. And then it's only when Jesus forces his hand and asks him, what do you want me to do for you? That Bartimaeus then says, Lord, let me recover my sight. And then Jesus says, recover your sight. And the English translation says, your faith has made you well. But what the Greek actually says is your faith has saved you. That is, you have salvation now. In other words, Jesus not only healed this man's body, but also his soul. He gave him his sight and he also gave him eternal life. And Bartimaeus knows that Jesus came to suffer and die because he heard Moses and the prophets. He also knows that Jesus is merciful to poor and miserable sinners and beggars who don't deserve it. Even more, he confesses that Jesus is God because he asked Jesus to do what only God can do, which is open the eyes of the blind. You ask the one who made the eye to open it again, to heal it. And he knew all of this not by reason or strength or even by sight, but by the word. Not having seen a thing, yet he believes it. So when Jesus heals this blind man, he has mercy upon him. But at the same time, this is also a rebuke to the crowds that were following him. It's as if Jesus said this in his miracle. This blind beggar sees who I am. And you don't. This guy who can't see anything. Sees that I am the Messiah who came to fulfill what the prophets said long ago. He is not blind. You are. You see me, but don't know what I've come to do and yet he does. And in doing this, Jesus opens their eyes to show what kind of savior he is. 
what kind of God he is to poor, miserable sinners. Now, there's a final thing that happens in this miracle that doesn't really happen in any of the other miracles uh, that I know of. Uh, It's unlike the others. Usually, when Jesus heals people, they go back home. Like the 10 lepers, they go back home. The Canaanite woman, she goes back home. The centurion, they go back home and so on. Uh, Bartimaeus doesn't. It says he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. He followed Jesus where? To Jerusalem where they were going into the final week of his life. And what that means is this, that there, was a, there were a lot of things that Bartimaeus didn't see in his life. The scribes and the Pharisees and the disciples all got to see Jesus' miracles. They got to see him calm the storm, walk on water, feed 5,000, heal the sick, raise the dead, and so on and so forth. But Bartimaeus didn't see any of it. He didn't see any of those things. He missed it all. Even things and events in his own life, he missed. But what he did get to see was Jesus going to Jerusalem. And that means Jesus opened his eyes just in time to see his dear Lord go to the cross and die for him. He opened his eyes just in time to witness the bitter suffering and death of the one who would save him, the one he hoped in. He opened his eyes just in time to see that God would be everything he promised to be for him on that cross. And he was seeing what the Lord promised long ago through the prophets. Specifically, he saw on that day, on that Good Friday, what Isaiah spoke of in chapter 53. What Bartimaeus saw in faith, he then saw with his eyes. Uh, Listen to this. It's a lengthy uh, chapter, but listen to what Isaiah says. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he, the Messiah, grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. And he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. They made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. Out of the anguish of his soul... He shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. 
This is the Messiah that Bartimaeus saw before his eyes were opened. He saw him in faith and then in sight. And he knew what the face of God was to look like more than those who saw it. A face covered in sweat and blood and thorns and in tears. And he knew that Christ came to have mercy upon sinners. Even when we didn't understand who Christ was. And when we took the life out of his body and tore his flesh apart. He had mercy on us. Uh, I can't say or summarize this sermon any better than our dear brother Martin Luther who said this in his large catechism. He said, The whole world, with all its diligence, has struggled to figure out what God is, what he has in mind and what he does. Yet the world has never been able to grasp the knowledge and understanding of any of these things. But here in the word, we have everything in richest measure. In the word, God has revealed himself and opened the deepest abyss of his fatherly heart. And his pure and expressible love that he has created us for this very reason that he might redeem and sanctify us. We could never grasp the knowledge of the Father's grace and favor except through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, dear saints, we don't always see that we need the preaching of the cross. We don't always see that we need Jesus and him crucified. In fact, sometimes we get bored of the gospel and take it for granted and yawn at it or fail to understand why it's so important, why we insist upon this in every hymn, in every teaching, in every sermon. And when we suffer, we're tempted to think we need other things instead of that, as if something else is more important. We're tempted to think that the greatest need right now, the thing that's going to solve our problems is finances or health or success. And when we do this, we close our eyes and blind ourselves to what Jesus has done for us. But today, Jesus opens your eyes to see that the thing you need most is God's mercy in Christ. No matter what you're going through, what you need most now and always is Christ and him crucified for you. You need the forgiveness of your sins. And you need his mercy more than you understand it. And the thing you need most is the thing he has given you. When he had mercy on you in his final breath, he forgave you all of your sins for not knowing what we were doing to him. Before you could understand or grasp his love, he gave it. He laid his life down for you and wiped away every single one of your sins. And he does not remember them. The father does not remember your sins. He separates them from you as far as the east is from the the west. The Father closes his eyes to your sins and opens your eyes to see his righteousness and forgiveness. May God open your eyes this Lenten season to see in faith your dear Lord who suffered and died and rose on the third day for you. Amen. Hear the words of this hymn. O sinner, come your sin to mourn so vast and vile that it has borne Christ to this veil of anguish. Son of a virgin, sweet and mild, in poverty, the holy child, your substitute did languish. Behold with faith God's only Son, come nigh and see what love has done to save you 
from damnation. The Father cast on him your guilt, for you his precious blood was spilt to bless you with salvation. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.